Thank you for tuning in to Collective Knowledge. We are one for the fourth episode of the podcast. Today's episode will be about the moon. It is probably one of the most intriguing subjects to me because there's so much about it. The information I share with you is not even a tip of what there is to know about the moon, some of the things that have taken place, some of the facts that is just completely mind-blowing. And some of the facts that are about it really just let you know that the moon is not what they say it is. The moon didn't come into be like they say it was. And because of that, it leaves you wondering, what is the moon? What is the true purpose of the moon? And for me, it's always on my mind simply because it's something that it's the most dominant celestial body in our sky. It's something that we can almost basically see sometimes during the day. We see it basically almost every single night. And because of that, it's the most common to the to the natural eye. So it's something that I think about all the time. Every time I'm outside during the night, I try not to look at the moon, but it's it's like I have a like a gravitational pull to it. Like my eyes just want to look up. And when I do, it's like the thoughts I get. Like, I feel like I'm connected. I really do. It feels like the moon, like, it's connected to us. And because of that, I had an interest into it. And then that interest ramped up the curiosity once I started reading about the Apollo missions, some of the things that took place when they went and they took these trips to the moon. And a lot of people will say, well, curiosity and interest is the same thing. For me, I don't believe that. I believe interest is something that, you know, you just got a little bit of intrigue to, you know, maybe just read about it, but not much more goes into it. I feel curiosity is when you take the actual steps and actions to truly look into it on a full scale. And for me, that's when the curiosity ramped up when I learned about the Apollo missions and the Apollo missions, they were amazing. Uh, before the Apollo missions, they sent up a, like a probe to probe the moon. Um, they wanted to see what was up there, possibly take precautions. And when they did so, they noticed like the craters of the moon, the impacts were the same death with and it seemed like they weren't penetrating the surface any further than what it was. Okay, so that already was a red flag to them. That already had them truly intrigued to, well, what is going on? The moon has been impacted by many different objects for over thousands and millions of years. So, like they said, nothing bigger than a basketball should be able to survive on that surface over time. Okay, so... That had them intrigued. So during that first Apollo mission, when they landed on the moon, one of the first things that they had witnessed and saw was flying saucers and extraterrestrials parked along the crater ridge, not too far from where they had landed. Okay, well, all the crew members of the Apollo, they all had communication lines 
back to NASA on Earth. But they all had medical lines. And then the medical lines were cut off to the public. And there's a two to four minute window that is cut off and the public has no idea what's being said. And supposedly during that two to four minute window, that's when the astronauts had said, we're not alone. We are looking at and we are witnessing extraterrestrials in flying saucers parked along a crater ridge not too far from us. Okay, so that's another... That's another explanation of, okay, well, what is going on? So then that dives into the next bizarre event that took place. So when they left, what they had did was they had launched the flying part of the uh, spaceship, the part that helps them lift off. They had launched that back down into the surface of the moon. And they had did this deliberately. Because, like I spoke upon earlier in the beginning, the impact craters, it didn't seem to make any sense to them why they all seemed to be the same depth, why they all seemed to not be penetrating the surface of the moon. So when they did this, what ended up happening was they launched it back down and it impacted with the moon. So when they did this, what ended up happening was the moon rang like a bell for over an hour. And it really left them puzzled. So Apollo, the next Apollo mission, the real whole purpose of it, as they say, was to launch a bigger rocket into the moon to see what would happen. And when they did that, the moon rang like a gong for over three hours within for 20 depths, 20 mile depth into the outer space is how far you could hear it. And so when they did that, that gave them the fact and the notion that the moon has hollow areas to it. It's not a full, natural, celestial body like we thought it was to be. So if something that big has hollowness to it, we're going to dive right on it and touch the question of, was it artificial, artificially made? Because there's basic physics show you that that's not possible. It's truly not possible. So what ended up happening when they did this, they ended up sending more Apollo missions. And when they sent them more Apollo missions, what they ended up finding was before they would land, they had like sensors on the ships that would sense anything on the surface. And what they were coming across were spires, obelisks that were reaching three stories out of from the surface all the way up into the sky. Okay, so a natural body that they know that they've never been there before. Then they were wondering what what could this possibly be? So as you end up reading further into it and you learn more about it, what they had did was they were taking tests of the surface of the moon. And when they got back to Earth and they did these tests and the results came back that the material that covers the moon is not known to Earth. Let alone almost anything within our near solar system. Then what they were finding out that the actual age of the moon and the surface seemed to be a greater age than our whole entire solar system. 
And that notion right there is what blows everyone's mind and blew my mind. And it really had me completely curious and my curiosity level had ramped up and I had dove into it, reading different books, reading different articles, just anything about the moon. And you have two books that were really, really popular in the 70s. 1975, Don Wilson wrote Our Mysterious Spaceship Moon. 1976, George Leonard wrote Somebody Else is on the Moon. I've read both of these books. These books really made me continue my search into the moon. And it's, it's amazing. It truly is amazing because not long before... Those books, supposedly the reasoning of those books and the inspiration came because supposedly in in the early 70s, late 60s, there's two Russian physicists that released an article about the moon. And it was like a hypothesis. And what they had said was the moon is an artificial Earth satellite put into our orbit, orbit around the Earth by some intelligent beings unknown to ourselves. That struck tremendous uprise within the community, especially the scientific community. And it really made people believe, well, think, are they crazy? Do they know what they're talking about? But these sciences, they were from, they were Russian physicists. I keep saying scientists. I'm sorry for that. They were Russian physicists and they were from academia. They were highly known. And like they said, why would, two peop- why would two people risk their positions that they hold, their livelihoods, their love and passion to release something so bizarre and crazy if it didn't have truth to it? And then that's where the whole real evidence about the moon truly takes its place and form. Because some of the things that I ended up finding out, it kind of just left me shook and it really I didn't know where to really look to next I didn't know what to believe but I read a lot of interviews listened to a lot of different podcasts watched a lot of different shows and the same information was continuously coming up and for me I don't consider when you see the same stuff over and over again I don't consider it a coincidence anymore I literally consider it Basically, fact, if it's not close fact, then I consider it, I don't really know the word to even give to it, but I don't try to completely dismiss it as, oh, that's not possible, because what what I've learned and what I've realized is that a lot of the things that we know to not be possible is really our reality. You know, they like to say science fiction is things that are not true. But what I've changed my word and vocabulary to is science fiction is real. That's what we know. And some of the things that I'm going to share with you about the moon, some of the facts, it's really completely just amazing. So like I said before, the reason for our moon coming into orbit, it naturally got pulled in. Scientists have said that that's naturally not possible. Like, it's not possible. It's been proven by natural physics. And 
when you look into it even deeper, it really blows your mind. So I'm going to share some basic facts about the moon. And I want you to just listen, take it all in, think about it and just let your mind just wander. The moon is the exact same size that covers the moon for an eclipse. Okay, and this is where scientists, physicists, and theorize and say that these little basic facts about the moon show you that there's no way that it naturally came into orbit because it's the exact same size to cover the moon for an eclipse. It has to be the exact same distance around. It can't be anything bigger or anything smaller. For an eclipse to hold or to happen by no design is truly impossible because where the moon is at and it's at the exact same size and the exact same spot in order for an eclipse to take place, that can't just happen naturally. That has to happen by some sort of design. The sun's diameter is 400 times greater than the moon. And the sun is also 400 times further away from where the moon is. This is why they seem to be the same size in the sky. And like I was speaking upon, this is where our ability to experience solar eclipses come from. And like I was saying, if the sun wasn't directly where it was at, and if the moon isn't directly where it's placed at right now, there's no possible way that we would be able to experience eclipses. No possible way. So to say that that naturally happened, it's crazy to say that. It didn't happen naturally. It happened by design. Somebody naturally put it there in order for that to happen. And in order for that to even happen, the moon has to be exactly 2,160 miles across. That's how big it has to be across. That's the size. Nothing smaller, nothing bigger. And if it was a little bit bigger, if it was a little bit smaller, then eclipses would not happen. So sharing that basic little information right there shows you that there's no way that the moon just naturally came into orbit. Then, so when you look into it and you look at other moons around other planets, we're the only moon that has a perfect orbit around Earth. There's no other moons in our solar system that has a perfect orbit. None at all. Then, when you look into the more in-depth about the moon and some of the facts and some of the key things that it does for our life, that's the final stepping stone for me in saying that the moon was put here for specific reason. And if you believe of our natural theory that it got placed in on a natural getting grabbed in because of the orbit, then I really don't I really don't know what to say. I really don't because I feel a lot of this information is just a little too bizarre to just happen naturally. So the moon is 222,000 miles from Earth, and it's a quarter size of Earth. 
It has a 30-day orbit to orbit around the Earth. And then when you end up knowing these little detailed facts about the moon and what it does, it controls the water in our tides, which helped transition life from living in the ocean to living on land. It helps Earth stabilize its tilt relative to its orbit. Without the moon, the gravitational influences would cause poles to wander. And what I give people for an example all the time is, if you know what a tsunami is, if you know what interstellar is, interstellar was they found a planet outside of a solar system. They went to it, but when they got to it, before they landed on it, they realized that that planet had no moon. It had no celestial body around it to help control the gravitational influences. So if you've seen interstellar, what ended up happening was that planet was having massive tsunamis every so minutes, massive waves of water. Okay, so if we had no moon, that's basically what would be taking place and happening on Earth. Computer simulations show that without that moon, the axis would be really different, which would cause no seasons. So like what I'm saying is that the moon gives us seasons. Without it, we wouldn't have spring, summer, fall, and winter. And without the seasons, life that we know would be very different and would be super hard for it to exist. And when I first learned about that, that blew my mind. And I literally went outside and stood at the moon for like a good hour, just looking up at the moon, just wondering. You know, I didn't have any many thoughts. I was just looking at it in amazement because I really had a true explanation to what is the moon what does it do and why it's there and this is something that i notice about the timeline because when you know certain things and when you end up researching certain things what you end up seeing is that man the government they don't want us to know about the true facts about the moon because then that gives us our answers of it's not what they say it is. OK, then that allows you to believe into all the other things about the world, all the other conspiracies and all the other theories about the world that we hear every single day. But we don't know whether to believe it or not. So what I was noticing when I was searching about the moon was it was a timeline of things I was coming across. First, it was the Apollo mission, real basic stuff. Then I was getting into real deep facts about the moon. Then after that, I was starting to get into ancient culture about the moon, about how millions of years ago, how they talked about there was no moon. And this is the stuff that really just blew my mind. So like I always tell people and it's forgiveness, all the particularities about the moon. All the bizarre things about the moon is forgiveness if you believe that the moon got put here in design. So when I was learning and reading about it, when I hear about things in ancient time, in ancient culture, ancient texts, hieroglyphs, that's when I believe it. Because you have to think about then. Supposedly back then, they had no idea of technology. They had no idea of the things that we know of. There wasn't a language for certain things that were happening and taking place. 
So when you look into it and you end up learning, there's many ancient times that speak of a time before the moon existed. Fifth century BC, Roman and Greek authors wrote of a time before the moon was in the heavens. That's fifth century BC. Then if you know anything about the Zulu, the Zulu tribe, the Zulu legends, those are truly amazing. I'm not going to dive into them. I'm truly not because they're really they really do hit a level of belief and religion. And that's something I'm not ready to dive into yet. But the Zulu legends say that the moon was brought in hundreds of generations ago and that it was towed into orbit. And when doing so, it caused massive floods. It caused the earth to change its whole entire axis. Then after that, the earth that we know now, that's when it came into being. And because of all of that information and because of all of that insight, I ask you, what do you believe and think the moon is? And for me, after everything I've ever shared and whatnot, I do have a theory about what the moon is and what it is to be. I truly do. And to knowing that it's huge in our life, it gives us seasons, to know that it was the main key in reasoning for flourishing life on earth. It's amazing to me. Like, it truly blows my mind. So when you hear about the stuff that, oh, they say we staged the trip to the moon. I'm a believer in, yes, I can see that. And the reason why I say I can see that is because I believe they probably went. And when they went, they found all these bizarre things and end up learning about bizarre things about the earth. And that obviously they wanted to hide it from us. So they implanted that in that narrative in to discredit the belief about the moon to cause confusion. Okay, so they say we've never been back. Well, if you're into this subject of field. Then you're what you end up finding out and seeing is that. 2018, the year we're in now, supposedly the certain countries that are sending manned missions to the moon. What I believe that is, is that that's their way of, okay, we're going to send a manned mission to the moon. Okay. And then when it gets to the moon, all the things that I just shared with you, all the things that they've known about since them first moon missions they're going to disclose it to the public and they're going to be like, oh, well, we found this and we found that. But in reality, it's just everything that they found 40 and 50 years ago. So as I shared this topic with you about the moon, it wasn't to, you know, make people believe a certain directive or reasoning. It was just to share my collective notes and things that I've collected over the time. And like I said, this is the whole purpose of these podcasts is to just inform, just to share so people can have a different perspective. So people can have their mind opened up to the life that we that is happening right in front of our eyes. But we just don't realize it. So I thank you for tuning in to the fourth episode of the podcast and the discussion about the moon. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, 
ask you to tune into the next episode because what we're going to talk about is what the moon has been doing, um, the purpose of the moon, and then we're going to talk about the subject of something else in our solar system that they claim to be, but it's really not what they say it is to be. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of Collective Knowledge. We are one, fourth episode of the podcast. And like I said, you can follow me on my media accounts, Twitter and Instagram. My Twitter is tltaylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R 14. My Instagram is enuma elish 14. That's E-N-U-M-A underscore E-L-I-S-H 14. And thank you for listening.